You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the bottom six minutes. My name is Jared Book, in for Matt Drake. And uh, before we get started, I, I do want to apologize, I guess, for the uh, the lack of bottom six minutes over the last week or so. Uh, first of all, there wasn't uh, an issue with Apple. So if you're getting our podcast from Apple, you really were not getting our podcasts. Uh, they weren't they weren't updating, and uh, the second thing is, is that uh, a mixture of of technical difficulties and miscommunication. We uh, we we didn't have somebody to to cover uh, all of the the games uh, over the past week, but uh, it will be going back to normal now. Uh, we have one tonight, <laughs> and we will have one um, going forward, uh, and, and Matt will be back next week. The Montreal Canadiens defeated the New York Islanders 5-3. to three. It, it didn't look as easy as it might have, should have been. Uh, the game wasn't as close as the scoreline looked either, uh, but we'll get into that uh, throughout this episode. Uh, before we get started, though, all the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And where the game started for the Montreal Canadiens was was good. It was a good place. Uh, they had a very good first period, weren't able to score. They scored four times in the second period, opened up a 4 nothing lead. Uh, the third period was not very good at all. The Islanders scored three straight goals. Uh, it looked like it was going to be another one of those multi-goal comebacks that we have seen throughout the NHL uh, over the past, oh, oh, this season really, there's been a few of them, but, but especially this past week, it seems like there have been a lot of them. But the Canadians added the empty netter. They did not have to go to overtime. And they came away with the two points in regulation. There's there's a lot of places we can we can jump off here. I, I do want to start with Josh Anderson. That's that, I think that's the obvious way to go here. He he was always a player who was looking better than a player who's who had you know one goal this season uh, into an empty net was, you know, the only goal he had scored this season. Not even that was only five games ago. And 
you know, the, the underlying numbers were not good. He was, he did get chances. Um, he was getting chances. He was not doing very well with those chances. Um, not playing very well. And then uh, on on Saturday tonight, this this he just he scored a goal, put a shot on net. It went in. Later in the, in the same period, uh, he drove the net and and got a second goal of the game. And to me, he looked a lot more like Josh Anderson. He he looked more like the power horse. And and a lot less like the player he was he had looked like this 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 season so far. In that he was doing things that made him successful. When you know in the past few seasons, you know I I, I don't think that you can you know look at Josh Anderson and be like oh that's a guy who's gonna turn a corner and and be. You know, a thirty-goal guy. You're, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to go back to to being a better player than what he was, or at least the player he was the last few seasons. But, but I think, you know, when you start seeing confidence, it, it can make a difference in your play. You know, even though he was getting chances, he wasn't playing very well. He wasn't being, he wasn't driving things himself. He was, he was, you know, getting in positions because. You know, other players made plays and things like that. It wasn't it wasn't of his own doing, which a lot of his success is off the rush, uh, things like that, and and that's where we're we're known to see what Josh Anderson can do, and and I was starting to see a little bit more of that uh, in in Saturday's game against the Islanders than than maybe in in previous games, uh, especially lately, um, you know beginning of the season you were seeing it a little bit more but definitely a, a good sign for the Canadians because you know he, he is for better or for worse he is uh, a player that this team is going to rely on especially with no Kirby Doc especially with no Alex Newhook they they need other guys to step up you saw Yul Armia you know scoring a goal as well uh, Christian Dvorak scored a goal. You know, those are players that, you know, aren't paid as much as Josh Anderson, uh, weren't necessarily struggling to score as much as Josh Anderson was. But all three of them are players that you want to see contribute to, to the Canadians. And, and, you know, for better or for worse, for 2023-2024, these players are, are important to the team. And this team will be a lot more watchable to you know fans media anybody watching when those players are contributing than when they're not um and so you know for better or for worse Josh Anderson is a guy that you know the better he plays the better this team will be you know and it doesn't mean that it relies on Josh Anderson it just means that he you know he can help. He can help the the Canadians in this game. Anderson led the Canadians in individual expected goals at five on five. 
which is not something that he he was doing uh, for for most of the season. So it, it's that's a good start. Uh, he had, you know, he was in the top half of the team in terms of uh, expected goals for while he was on the ice. He was still, you know, expected to have more goals against than than goals for, but but generating is part of his game. And on Saturday, it wasn't just that he got two goals; it's that he was he was generating, and and that's and that's a and that's a good sign for him. So, you know, a lot of the the talk about Josh Anderson has been negative uh, lately, but we also have to point out the positives and, and if he can keep it going, if this is like, okay, he's out of his head a little bit, he's able to to play his game because it, it's it's not just confidence when you have a chance and you miss that, that it affects you. It affects you, you know, it, affect, it, it probably affected him in every little thing that he was doing on the ice. And, and so if he can improve in all areas, then like I said, that's going to help the Montreal Canadiens. You know, and and you know this team is better off with a Josh Anderson who contributes than one that does not. And you know that that goes even to you know potential trade value if he starts to to you know rehabilitate that image. Um, not saying that it's going to be as high as it was when there were rumors that there are first round picks on the table or anything like that, but. You know, a better Josh Anderson is is better for this team, and and it was uh, it was good to see him uh, have have a big game. the The other player who who scored a goal in you know who hasn't scored a lot lately is Cole Caulfield. Uh, very different than Josh Anderson, in, in that I don't think anybody can say that Cole Caulfield was not playing well, and I think that that's as important over the last few games and even this whole season than anything else. Because Cole Caulfield, when he was drafted or as as he was developing, that he was known as a goal scorer. He was a goal scorer, he's a shooter. What he does is score goals. And and usually when goal scorers don't score goals, they don't contribute in other ways. And that's not a knock on on anybody specifically. It's just the way it is. You, you see it, you know, when they go through slumps, they're not producing as much. They're they're not really doing much else. And I think that what Cole Caulfield was doing was he was still generating offense, whether it was as a passer. Uh, right before he scored the goal, he had a great back check uh, to to stop uh, a potential chance for the Islanders. He's just been contributing positively despite not having production. Similar to what Uri Slavkovsky is doing and really that entire line, uh, Nick Suzuki as well. They're, they're contributing positively without generating or producing offense. They're generating, not producing. But... You, having said that, it's a lot better when when Cole Caulfield is scoring goals, obviously. But that's you know you saw the relief, the celebration in his face. 
uh, after he scored that. And I think that, you know, I, I having said everything that I said about how he's been, you know, producing in other ways and, you know, he's he's helping this team do other things, he's a goal scorer. He wants to score goals. That's what he's there to do. Uh, and that's what he loves doing. That's what that's what drives him. That's what motivates him. That's what he's he is 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 a goal scorer. That's that's what he's always been. And, and so I think that that's kind of like his fuel for him. And it was good to see him score uh, a, what ended up being a relatively big goal. Uh, it was the fourth goal of the game, which ended up being the game winner. Uh, because the Islanders scored three goals in, in the third period. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't have an issue with the way Cole Caulfield's been playing. Um, but, you know, it's like I said with Josh Anderson, it's always better to have a Cole Caulfield scoring than, than not scoring. You know, and he's, um, you know, hopefully this gets him going a little bit and uh, the chances can start going for that line, which it has to be said, played a tremendous game on Saturday. Uri Savkovsky is really looking like a potential fit for that line long-term. I think they're starting to, to understand. They're starting to understand each other. I think they're starting to understand how to play together. You know, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are very cere- cerebral players. They're, they're smart players. And Uri Savkovsky wasn't necessarily reading plays very quickly. That, you know, when he was struggling. But I think now he is. Now he's he's thinking the game. He's 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 understanding what he needs to do on the ice to be successful. And, and I think that that is very positive for the Canadians. I I think the the better Uri Savkovsky gets, the more successful this season is from from a development perspective for the Canadians. But yeah, th- that line is, is playing very well. I'm happy to see Martin St. Louis sticking with them, even though they're not producing the offense because they are generating and it's only a matter of time before uh, the goals really start to go in uh, for them as well. And you know, th- this th- that's the reason why you, you want to watch the Canadians right now. That those are the three core pieces of the forward group that you want to see play. And and they're they're doing a good job of it and and you know the, the games have been much more watchable recently because of it as well. We'll take a quick break here, uh, and then when we come back we'll we'll wrap it up. And I'll talk about why uh, the third period did not really bother me very much at all. Now, the, the second period was probably the one of the best, one of the better periods the Canadians have played this season. They were just dominant in, in that second period, and and the third period was pretty much the opposite of that. And some of that is score effects. Some of that is the Canadians letting their, you know, leaving their foot off the pedal a little bit. Uh, they weren't playing the same way that they played in the second period, and and that's normal with a four nothing lead, obviously. 
but it's also normal for a young team to not really understand how to play with a lead. And the Canadians this season, only three teams have had less time playing with a lead than the Canadians. And that includes tonight against the Islanders, by the way. Including Saturday against the Islanders, the Canadians have played 403 minutes and three seconds with a lead at any point in any game this season. And that's something that this team is going to learn how to do, is play with a lead. And how to come out for a third period when you have a 4-0 lead. It's it's natural for a team to struggle with this. And I remember talking about this at the beginning of the season, you know, in some of my articles as well, with when, you know, they were allowing a lot of goals when the other team had their goalie pulled. And it's like, well, you know, over the last, you know, three seasons, uh, no team has had to play five on six less than the Montreal Canadiens. And, and it's something that you learned. They weren't working on that scenario. You know, when you only have so much time time to practice or time to do video, uh, you don't really look at what you hardly have to do. And, and it's the same thing a little bit with uh, special teams. You're seeing a little bit more improvement in, in those areas, or at least you were. You know, there's a little bit of struggle there now. But the point is, they need to learn how to play with a lead. That's part of building. That's part of learning. And, and they'll be better because of the third period against the Islanders. They'll, they'll learn from it. And, and this team has, has shown a, a pretty good ability to, to learn from mistakes. And, and I'm not only talking about individual mistakes, I'm talking about, you know, as a team, they, they seem to be developing uh, their mindset, their, their attitudes and things like that as well. When it, when it comes down to, to, uh, to what they do on the ice. And, you know, it's it's not great. It's not a great third period, obviously. But they came away with the two points. So it's it's a learning opportunity without the hard the the hardship or, or the the hard lesson. They didn't blow the game, they didn't need to go to overtime. They ended up pulling it together but it's still a teachable moment for this young team and for a young coach in, in Martin St. Louis and, you know, a coach who hasn't really had to deal with, you know, big leads and the Islanders are, are used to games like that, that usually they're the ones that start strong and then uh, other teams catch up to them. So they've kind of seen on the other foot as well, but it, it doesn't really worry me for the Canadians because of just how little, they have played with a lead. And, you know, to give to put it into perspective, the Canadians are fourth in terms of how, lo- how long they've played with a lead. Only four teams below them is, is the Minnesota Wild, who have 100 minutes more. <laughs> that's, almost, that's over, you know, four periods, five periods 
of, of hockey more with a lead than the Montreal Canadiens. And they've played two fewer games. So, you know, it's not just that they're fourth from the bottom in terms of uh, teams that have played so little with a lead. is that the actual time itself is is significantly lower than, you know, even teams that are uh, slightly better than them in, in the actual order of things. But again, it's a positive thing. They came away with the two points. All in all, you know, they outplayed the Islanders for more of the game. You know, you can say they played 40 minutes and the Islanders really played 20. And because of that, they, they came away with the victory. That's now the, the last home game for the Canadians until January 4th. They go on the road next week. Uh, they play the Jets. They play the Wild. They play Chicago. Uh, then the Christmas break. And then they have Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Dallas before coming back to the Bell Center on January 4th. So it's a good way to end the home schedule for 2023. Uh, 2023 was not a ideal year. Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, a lot of injuries, but there was also some 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 growth, some positive growth uh, with the team, and uh, they get back to uh, to the Bell Center in 2024. Still uh, a long road trip, uh, seven games in a row on the road. Obviously, the the holiday break in between, so they're they I don't know if they'll come back necessarily, but it's it's not a, a constant grind with that you know they, they probably will come back over over the christmas break and then go back out uh to the south but you know it was a good game it, it was a good game for the canadians um thank you so much for for listening uh to the bomb six minutes again i apologize for the the lack of content the lack of updates uh both technical uh and you can still catch up on those. I believe it was the Seattle game and the the Kings game uh, that we had uh, episodes that weren't updating. They are now there. Uh, the other games, like I said, uh, just a mixture of technical difficulties and uh, miscommunication. But Matt will be back. Matt Drake will be back uh, next time. Thank you so much for, for taking time listening to me uh, talk about this game. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Bet Online, and uh, we'll see you next time on uh, Habs Up Minded on the bottom six minutes and on Habs Eyes on the Prize.com.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.